0: Hi, this is Paul Jenkins, and you are listening to Superior Spider Talk.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Superior Spider Talk, My name is Dan Kvazdan, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com.
2: And I'm Chinacchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog.
1: Thanks again for joining us for the 17th episode of Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture.
2: Episode 17 should be a special one, Dan, because I have just returned from four days at New York Comic-Con, the biggest comic event on the East Coast. Woo-woo. And in this uh, podcast, we're going to be commenting on the 2013 uh, Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel at New York Comic-Con. We'll then move into some listener feedback from you, our amazing listeners, and conclude the special announcement about Dan Slott's new book, The Rad Book.
1: If you want to skip to a specific section, just use the chapter selection arrows on your player. And if you hear this lovely sound, please check your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. And boy, are there are going to be a bunch of them for this one. This is the image motherload. Well, it should
2: also be, also be the guest audio mother load, right?
1: Possibly. So, uh, Mark, why don't you tell us about... Uh, Your time at the New York Comic-Con.
2: Yes, New York Comic-Con. Four days of lines, cosplaying, some sweatiness. (laughs) (laughs) There was actually an article in the New York Post urging uh, uh, con-goers to shower. Uh, this is what happens in New York, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'll put that uh, link right here. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, a special time had by all. This was actually um, people who listened to our, our recap from the Connecticut Comic Con that Dan and I both attended in August. I would mentioned, oh, that was my first con. Um, so this was clearly my first major con. I guess it was like I would equate it to going from driving a car to flying an airplane, Dan. Uh, <laughs> uh, just just a crazy experience. Um, I had a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time in Artist Alley, which is where a lot of the creators uh, were set up. So, because I wanted to get a lot of interviews that we'll hopefully be releasing as additional podcasts after this, the the, the list of guests is just so long and prolific. I mean, you know, I, I kind of want to save a couple of surprises uh, for our, our listeners about what's coming next. But um, I will recap one quick story: was um, one of the people that I met with was he's he's a, a Greek artist, Michael Thealinas, who uh, is actually doing the uh, pencils on the upcoming. Uh, Superior Spider-Man Special one shot That's part of that Arms of the Octopus arc It's the third part And um, We had been talking By email Leading up to the event Because he wanted You know I was asking him about Coming on the show And we just kind of decided It'd be best just to do it At the con And When I met him On Thursday He said I had a surprise for you And he pulls out a copy Of the Adjective Spider-Man number one uh, the, AKA the McFarland Spider-Man That was all in Greek Um, Which might be the coolest gift I ever got.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, uh, Mark, I don't think I've ever told you this, but um, I collect Spider-Man comics from around the world as part of my collection. And uh, every country that I go to, I I pick up a Spider-Man comic from that country, and I I don't have a Greek one. So you're beating me there, buddy.
2: Oh, man. (laughs) Well maybe we could trade uh my Greek copy for one of your annuals that I'm missing. Or... <laughs> and, and, and for those who do ask, and you know, I think I'll eventually put a post up on Chasing. Uh I, I did I did do a little bit of shopping at New York Comic Con. Um and I I actually bought a couple of annuals, but I, I won't reveal which one specifically got. I'll save that, save that for Chasing Amazing. Um but Again, the, the, the guest list was prodigious. I mean we got to talk to creators currently on on the book, uh, those who wrote the book from the past, some of my favorite. I did get to meet Alex uh, Saviak, who uh, we I think we might have mentioned in a previous podcast. He illustrated the very first issue of Amazing Spider-Man I ever read as a kid, 296. So that was a lot of fun and Alex was a, was a really great interview. I was really happy to have sat down with him. Um, another another interview we got uh, was Peter David, who's definitely one of my favorite writers, not just a Spider-Man, but in general. I mean, he's such a fantastic writer. He even makes me like the Hulk, which I don't generally like in comic book form. <laughs> so um, just just a, a really great time on that end. Um, I did try and take in a bunch of panels uh, when I wasn't doing interviews and wasn't shopping. Uh, one of the pe- panels was a writer's workshop hosted by J. Michael Straczynski. And that was an interesting experience, Dan.
1: <laughs> tell tell us why it was so interesting.
2: Well, you know, JMS, you know, I guess he kind of lives up to the reputation that precedes him in terms of um, his how he sees himself in the world of writing and comic books. And, uh, you know, this workshop was basically I mean, it was an hour session where he kind of gave some like token advice to, you know, oh, you know, make sure you write every day and, you know write about what you know. I mean, I mean, you know, stuff that you can basically get in any kind of high school English class. And then he took questions from um, the audience. And, you know, he said a couple of things that, that kind of made me raise my eyebrows, just knowing specifically about his history on Spider-Man, including one, somebody asked him about, um, what do you do if you're working on a project and you have a supervisor or an editor um, that wants to um, dramatically change what you're working on? And he basically said he, he he got asked the question two ways, and he answered it two ways. And the first time he basically said that you know your principles are your most important thing, and you can't sacrifice your principles for anything. And then the second thing he said was, "Well, maybe your editor is right to, to want to change it." Huh. Now,
1: completely two opposite opinions.
2: Yeah, I, I, exactly. Which you know, I mean, kind of to me summarizes the the JMS era on Amazing Spider-Man, where we had some stories that were some of the best things I've ever read. And then some really controversial or horrendous ones where it sounds like after the fact he you know things got changed that he didn't agree with or you know he agreed with it but not the execution and you know you, you all can use your your imagination about what some of the storylines we're talking about so that that was interesting and then I even I asked him a question I I asked him about the the whole world of blogging and 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 kind of this idea now there you know you kind of have to you don't get. As bloggers we generally don't get paid, right Dan?
1: No, not at all.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're actually
1: yeah. like spending money doing this.
2: Yeah, well exactly and you know, the same could be said for our podcast. And you know, but the thing is we part of the reason why we do it for free at least initially is we try and gain exposure and you know, like I guess the goal is always, you know, maybe you become the next big Blogger who gets picked up by some major thing or or maybe you keep doing it for yourself, but maybe you might be able to sustain yourself on it. I don't know. But I asked him about that. I said, you know, and and he kind of like twisted it into this thing. Well, you know, you never should give anything away for free and it's the people who give things away for free that ruin it for the rest of us. And I'm just like, all right, this, this guy is just clearly, you know, we, we're, we're the, the problem is we're not all J. Michael Strasinski who can demand being paid for every word that he writes. You know, it's just, it's just, just not how the reality of the world works, you know. Like it's just, but whatever. I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about JMS. Yeah, um, what about the
1: uh, environment uh, at the con? Like, did you did you enjoy uh, you know being there? What was the show floors like? Uh, what were some of the costumes you saw?
2: Ah, uh, Dan. You know, it was so crowded <laughs> <laughs> that it was kind of hard to get what the environment was beyond. There are people everywhere, <laughs> like like nose to nose people. I mean, I, I would every time I went out on the floor, you know, there was there, there must have been like 25 rows of vendors. And I think I got about halfway through before I gave up. I uh, swang by the Marvel booth at one point just to see it. And there was a line just to see the booth.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. And, you know, there was a couple of people that I wanted to try and see on the floor just to say hi. Like our, our, our friend of the podcast, Jim Salicrup, uh was apparently there for Paper Cuts, the, 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 you know, the, the publisher that he works for. Couldn't find his booth and never got to see him, which was a little disappointing for me because I would like to say hi to Jim again. Uh, so, Jim, if you're listening, I apologize for that. Uh, we did, I did see in Artist Alley our friend of the podcast, Danny Figueroth, which was great. That's good. Um, you know, always good to see him again. I think he was really him and Jim were the only two uh people that we've had on that um that were at this that um were at Comic-Con this weekend. But other than that, I mean like it, it's there were some great costumes. I'm trying to think what was a standout for me. I didn't snap many photos because again, you're elbow to elbow with people, so it was hard to snap photos. I did kind of on Twitter on one point make fun of the fact that on Thursday night I saw a very sad looking Superman like just in the corner on the floor eating a pretzel from the Javits Center, and I <laughs> joked, if it, I joked if he was reliving the death of Superman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I mean it was it was fun, but but I, I I mean on a very personal note, I am just not good with with. Insanely large crowds, and 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 I think there was one point. I think it was either Friday or Saturday. Kind of like it reminded me of there was one time I was trying to meet a friend uh, for dinner in Times Square, which you might imagine would be crazy. Yeah. Um, and I was standing on the corner of like 43rd and Broadway in front of the restaurant. Uh, it was like eight o'clock on a Friday night, or, or, or earlier than that, like seven o'clock. So right before everyone's going into the theater. And I, as the waves of people kept walking by me, I actually started to feel nauseous from all the people, just just the the motion of all the people constantly walking and stopping and walking and stopping.
1: So this is I, like that, except with body odor.
2: Y yeah, and and, and in, in costume, yes, and <laughs> <laughs> with, where where you're ducking a lightsaber or somebody's like. Um, you know, archangel or, or Angel wings, or uh, <laughs> you know, or or whatever. Uh, it's 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 something else. But it's definitely an experience that I think if you're near one of the you know near New York, or I'm assuming it's probably the same way in San Diego, near one of the major major cons, you should probably do it at least once in your life if you're a fan of this medium. Um, but man. Like, it, it it can get to you after a while, Dan. I don't know how else to put it. I hope I'm not coming across, like, too much of a downer here. Uh, uh, but, I'm
1: excited to go when, the next the next time it's available.
2: Yeah, I mean, Dan, I could have totally used you, though, this weekend. I mean, besides the fact that it would have been nice to have you there as a shoulder to cry on during all this, I mean, you know, I'm conducting some of these interviews, and God willing, they came out okay. But, you know, that's where you're going to work your editing magic. But... Man, I would have, I would have, I would have loved to have have you know, no, you know, one A and one B with me, you know, and you can decide who's A and who's B. It's up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, why
1: don't you tell us about uh, the big get that you got uh, just earlier today?
2: Oh, sure. Well, um, you know, there in addition to some of these smaller panels that I sat in on. They're the big Marvel announcement panels, and um, actually, you know, the first major one I went to was on Saturday. I went to the all-new Marvel Now in Humanity panel, which was basically kind of like the announcement of all their new non-Avengers, non-X-Men, non-Spider-Man series. So, you know, the miscellaneous group, and that's when we found out about Dan Slott's new title, which is Silver Surfer, which he's going to team up with with Mike Allred uh, from FF fame. Uh, And then today, on Sunday, um, I I was a little concerned about what the line might be for the Superior Spider-Man and Friends panel. And I really wanted to get a good recording of this. Uh, So I went to the panel room about three and a half hours before it started, sat through three panels about TV uh, <laughs> to to get to the main event for me, which was the Superior Spider Man and Friends panel, which had the real celebrities like Dan Slott and Stephen Wacker and Kelly Sue DeConnick and Tom Brennan and and, and Berto Ramos and all these great people uh, talking about the new titles, the, the end friends. In this point, it's basically all the Stephen Wacker edited titles, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, in detail some of the announcements that come out of this panel as well as give you some of the audio because guess who made friends with the sound guy and got patched into the soundboard? Yeah. This guy? This guy. He's got two thumbs. And I just screwed that joke up. But you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so so why, don't, why don't we get into the Spider-Man panel, Dan?
1: All right. Take it away, panel.
3: We have any Humberto Ramos fans in here? Let's go. run right up here. Yay! The mad Mexican himself. I don't know what that meant. All right, we are going to get going here. Welcome, everyone, to the American. by a woman named Kelly Sue movie Connick movie. who, like all Alright everybody, uh, my name is uh, Stephen Wacker, I am the senior editor of this gritty gang of graphic literature's greatest gringos and gringos. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff to uh, bring to you. Uh, let's introduce a few of the uh, players here. Um, we don't have, uh, I kind of blew the panel out, so we don't have pictures of everybody. Um, but we do have a picture of this guy, Dan Slott. He got in so much trouble, he has to wear that fake beard everywhere and he goes. <laughs> uh, also, today we have Nick Spencer, Rider of the Little book on Superior Foes of Spider Man, which has been a wonderful addition to the Spider-Man books. Um, also, we have. There she is! Avengers Assemble and some other book, but I can't uh, remember. I wonder why she's here because we've announced that Captain Marvel's last issue is coming out, so I don't know why you're here. What? So you can all leave then. All right? How's that? Uh, Also, we have uh, me. There's me. Don't applaud me, meeky kitty. And Ellie Pyle, assistant editor. To the pictures, but we also have with us Humberto Ramos, artist of Superior Spider-Man. Uh, editor Sana Amanat, uh, editor of Captain Marvel, of Venom, and uh, a few other things. Uh, uh, Tom Brennan, associate editor on uh, Spider-Man, and the editor of Superior Bows. And Jake Thomas, also an assistant editor in here with a big announcement later on in the panel. Let's get it with the book you want to hear about. Oh, we do have a picture of Sana. Sorry. That was taken. That's an ego you don't want to feed. Believe me. Okay. Superior Spider-Man 21 and 22. Coming up in uh, November of this year. Dan, you want to talk about 21 going into uh, the big uh, Venom story? Ooh, issues 20 and 21, the Black Cat and the center issues. It's every, every
0: four pages is just, Egh! you're going to be like, no! Um, if, if this is a book that like, torments you and you love to hate, you will love to hate it even more. <laughs> um, one of the things that's going to happen we have in uh, the Venom issues, you know, it's really sad. There's no Venom book for Flash to go back to, oh. or the symbiote. So anything can happen to them. I have a trail of bodies behind me. Don't think I won't do it.
3: <laughs> if you like Doctor Octopus inside Spider-Man, you'll love the Wizard inside them. Yes. Um, one of the things that's oh, helping. Oh, oh,
0: go ahead. One of the things that's going to happen in the Venom arc, leading into something later, is there will be the birth of a new Goblin. Ooh.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: She's playable in the Marvel
3: Lego game. Is that awesome? Her handbag does damage. It's also uh, coming up in November. We have the very first Superior Spider-Man Annual by. Uh... J.G. Jones, uh, Ellie and Dan, you want to talk about that a little bit?
4: Well, speaking of Aunt May, um, we are going to get to see kind of, she's, she's going to get to see a little bit of the darker side of the Superior Spider-Man in, in this annual, so um, you're going to want to check it out. It's, it's, it's definitely going to continue the trend of Superior Spider-Man changing things in his world.
0: Uh, Chris Cage is co-writing the Venom Darkest Hours arc with me, and Chris is the writer of this uh, annual, and we've been working together, so the things that happen in this annual count. Stuff is going to happen in this annual that will lead right into the next big Spider-Man thing
2: you're going to want to read this one.
4: And Javier Rodriguez's art is gorgeous. <laughs> cool.
2: All right, So, you know, we just heard about the solicits for Superior Spider-Man, which, I mean, we already had an idea that uh, coming up after this 2099 arc wraps, that we're going to have a Black Cat story and a Stunner story. What I found to be interesting in this is that um, Slot mentioned that these were going to be cringeworthy stories. Um, Dan, I mean, without having any other information, because quite frankly, they wouldn't provide it, cringeworthy. What jumps out to me is you got Black Cat, a former lover of Peter. He got Stunner, a former lover of Doc Ock. Are we gonna have some uh, miscommunicado three's company style sexual hijinks going on in these stories? That's gonna be cringeworthy? What do I you think? I certainly
1: hope so. I I like you know, some of the like like he's he's on a date with them both at the same time.
2: <laughs> They're at the Regal Beagle when Larry comes in. <laughs> okay, there's, now.
1: there's a guy, he's got like a headset in his ear and he's like, listen, somebody's giving him advice from the other room.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it would certainly be um, a new kind of uh, story. Uh.
1: Maybe, Maybe the living brain is really good on dates, so he's giving him tips. <laughs>
2: the living brain just like feeds out advice like like a, like a fortune cookie or something like it's like the it's like the loveomatic in Moe's bar in the Arrowspith episode. Um, no, but I mean these should be interesting stories. Just in general, I mean I, I I'm kind of down with both of these. Um, I don't even remember the last time Stunner was in a book. I mean it had to be what the four hundreds probably.
1: Yeah, pro- probably yeah. I'd love to see if they fight each other, like, oh, a cat fight, if you will.
2: (laughs) Ho, ho. And then, of course, the other thing that came out of those solicitations was this um, Venom arc coming up. And, you know, hearing Dan Slott talk about, you know, Flash doesn't have his own book to return to anymore with Venom's cancellation. So thus anything goes. I mean, what are you thinking, Dan?
1: I mean, we've we've already discussed this a little bit—the idea of the superior venom um, coming up. But I I think a hundred percent Flash is losing the symbiote in this story.
2: You think he'd kill Flash off?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I I think the character is popular enough that like people wouldn't want to see him killed off. I don't know. It seems there's a lot of big announcements coming here. I think killing off a character like Flash—he already lost his legs. I think it's enough <laughs> to leave him be. You, you've killed his soul.
2: What more can you kill? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we heard about some of the superior solicits. Why don't we hear about some some solicits that involve our old friend Peter Parker? Next up,
3: uh, we're celebrating uh, one year after the fall of Peter Parker with uh, some one issues, 700.1.5. And Tom Brennan here pulled together some uh, pretty great teams to help us remember the original Peter Partners. we Such a clamoring from all of you that you wanted to get one, two, three more stories with the classic Peter Parker. So Thomas, tell us about that.
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely. First of all, it's great to be in New York comic on the best four days of my year. Uh, <laughs> I read that on Twitter. Uh, I'm going 700.1 <laughs> through would
3: you say that New York audiences are the best audiences? They're yet? pretty great. <laughs> Particularly on Kate's
5: Um, uh, so... All throughout this year, whenever, I, whenever I'm talking to you, Spider-Fans, whether you love Superior or hate it, all I hear is, ah, oh, I miss Peter Parker. Well, now's the chance to put your money where your mouth. This. These are five of the best Peter Parker stories you will ever read. 700.1 and point .2, Dave Morrell. He's the novelist who created Rambo, teaming with Klaus Janssen, living legend, to give us a classic story. Spider-Man has to save Amé and New York from a blizzard. Uh, 700.2 and 700.3, Man of Actions, Joe Casey has come back to Marvel. Uh, he's teaming with Tim Green from Aven- Yeah, Good Joe Casey, Tim Green of Avengers Academy, uh, and 700.5 uh, Brian Reed and Sean Chen. He'll be back at Marvel as well with a great story where Spider-Man and the Human Torch have to save the entire universe in less than 20 pages. Um, and also backing him by Jen Van Meter, who, uh, you know, with savage, has done a lot of great work for Marvel as well. Teamed with Emma Rios to do a great Black Cat story, uh, Black Cat Keeper. Uh, and then a writer named Clay Chapman, who did some all-ages stuff for us. He's also a terrific young adult novelist, wrote a great book uh, called The Tribe Homeroom Headhunters. It's a kid's book about cannibals. Uh, and Javier Rodriguez, uh Pierce Fireman, annual, you get into a little bit of a story. Uh, if, you, if you're a fan of the movie My Bodyguard, you're going to love this story. Um, it's out in December. These are some terrific books by some terrific creators. Uh, and of course, the last story we have uh, Kevin Grievous. Uh, who wrote a new Warriors book for us a few years ago, and uh, as yeah, a creator of I, Frankenstein, and Underworld. It's Timmy with Lee Weeks, just had a terrific run, of Daredevil, Dark Nights. We do a great story called What Would Spider-Man Do*, where a young boy uh, saves Spider-Man's life, and it is uh, one of the most emotional stories you'll ever read. It's a great group of books to celebrate, Peter Parker, who you all love, I know. Uh, pick it up in December.
3: up in the Spidey lineup, Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man team-up by Chris Yost and Marco Cicchetto. Sana, you want to talk a little bit about this? sure. We're actually
6: uh, currently on the Superior Six uh, storyline, which is Superior Spider-Man thinks that he is the greatest hero ever um, and thinks that he can actually reform his own uh, former Sinister Six villains um, into the Superior Six. Um, And this is what happens when Superior Spidey tries to have his own team and um, then end up facing off with the Masters of Evil. Uh, So it's a a great ride. It's Marco Cicchetto, of course, writing. um, And we have some beautiful covers there by uh, Paolo Rivera and, um, is that Marco? Yeah, Marco Cicchetto's other cover. And Ellie can talk a little bit more about what's to come after that.
4: Coming after that, um, Mar- Marco Pichetto did a crossover for us a while back called Mega Effect and we just loved him drawing Daredevil and Punisher with Spider-Man so much we're going to do a little bit more of that in issue number 9, um, as you can see from that cover there, and that is going to—I'm going to speak very carefully Dan. <laughs> is going to pick up with some of the, yeah. the seeds the Dan is planting.
3: No. How's that? Is that okay? That was awesome. That was completely <laughs> unhelpful, Ellie. Thank you. A <laughs> uh, little secret behind the comics here, you'll notice we go uh, issue 6, 7, and then to 9. Now, I'd love to tell you that's because the cover to number 8 has such a huge spoiler on it, but really what happened is that our cover artist, Paula Rivera, decided to get married. And <laughs> didn't do the cover yet. Not here. I don't know why
4: you're applauding. You can't care
3: about there, there will be one by the time the book comes out. Yep, we will have a cover. That's, a, that's a, one of the cornerstones of the Wacker office. Spoiler alert on that cover on the book. Uh, next up, uh, one of my favorite new books of the year, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. <clears throat> uh, Mr. From the mind of Mr. Nick Spencer, he pitched me at a breakfast. And uh, six months later, we had a comic book. Are you going to talk about uh, some of the great work you and Steve Lieber have been doing?
5: Yeah, you do not think when you're pitching Marvel a book starring Boomerang that you are going to get a green light. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, you know, Steve Lieber doing fantastic work on the book uh, and for everybody following it. The gang are after the head of Sylvia Silvermane, which is uh, locked away down in the bottom of the Owls later. Boomerang is back in control of the Sinister Six uh, after uh, losing it for just a bit. Uh, coming up also, we're going to learn a lot more about uh, the new Beatle, about Janice. So she's got some pretty awesome secrets in her past that, that we're going to be uh, shining a light on.
3: Cool. Uh, and if any of you, do we have any Hawkeye fans out there? A fan of the Bugs, Daredevil: Superior Foes is a book you have to check out. It's got that same kind of vibe, the sort of that sort of off day vibe. Uh, so please check out Superior Foes. It's one of my favorite new books.
1: Uh, so you just heard from Tom Brennan talking about those new Point one issues, those five stories we've been talking about for a couple episodes now. But he said five of the best Peter Parker stories you'll ever read. Man, I, th- that's a that's a pretty tall claim. Uh, can we hold him up to that? I,
2: <laughs> it's going to rival if this be my destiny and uh Spider-Man is back, right? I mean, I don't know. Was a, or and and Death of Gene the Wolf, I think too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I bet they're going to put that quote on the jacket for the books, you know, <laughs> like like the five best Peter Parker stories you'll ever read from the creator of these stories.
2: <laughs> I mean, the other thing I thought was interesting, which I kind of thought was a shot at the uh the the um the cantankerous Spider-Man crowd was, you know, put your money where your mouth is with the with you Peter Parker fans, which I mean, you know, obviously they want to sell the books no matter what, but um, you know, I mean, I I don't know, Dan, do you do you foresee there being a situation where people drop the book after Superior but they're going to pick up these point ones? I I mean, like to me it, it seems like the anger would run a little deeper than that that they wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. These point ones to me seem like the kind of thing like I don't see any, like, casual Spider-Man readers picking them up. These are for, like, the hardcore guys like you and me who are like, we'll buy everything Spider-Man related. I don't see an average audience walking into the store and going, oh, 700.3. I'll check that out, you know?
2: Right. I mean, maybe they'll buy it as a trade because I'm assuming they'll collect all five of them into some kind of trade at some point.
1: Yeah, like miscellaneous stories of Spider-Man or something like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, we're the hardcore. So, I mean, we're, you know, they already got our money. They got our fifteen bucks that month, which is going to be really hard <laughs> not fifteen bucks, twenty bucks because it's four bucks a pop right i I'm, I'm 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 thinking it's still two thousand and four uh, <laughs> um but um so but, but I mean these solicitations were stuff that they already knew about uh that we already knew about I should say um so why don't we go back to the panel and hear uh one of the first new details they revealed about stuff to come in the superior Spider-Man universe, including that cryptic The End teaser that they put out a few weeks ago.
3: And uh, now, I think we're heading over into some uh, some announcements and some teasers. All new Marvel now. Anyone heard of that? Look, this is the last panel of the week, and Marvel has announced a ton of big books this year, but I think we have saved some of the best announcements for last. Uh, so we got some big stuff coming up. If you follow the uh, comic internet news, you may have seen a teaser called The End. With Dan Slott and Giuseppe Camicoli's name attached to it. Dan, are you ready? I have a
0: crippling illness.
3: <laughs> All right. No one knows how to handle a crowd like Dan Slott. <laughs> All right. Well, The End is leading right into... Superior Spider-Man, 27 point now. A huge jumping on point, Dan. You want to talk about this? And Every, you have to. Everything, everything that's been happening
0: in Superior Spider-Man so far has all just been setting up dominoes from this point. Bam, we are all going down. Everything leads to this. Green Goblin on this side, Doc Ock, Spider-Man on that side. It's
3: all been building to this. I think for the first time, why don't you premiere the name of this storyline? Have we said that anywhere yet? No. <laughs> Can I see? Go ahead. Goblin Nation. This is a real game changer. If you've got uh, friends who are so angry at us, they haven't been able to read Spider-Man for 12 months, tell them to come on here and check this issue out because this is a big one. There are no characters, I don't
0: care if Steve Ditko created them, if John meta senior created them, I don't care who created them. All bets are off, anything can happen, anyone can go at any second. I'll do it.
3: That's a beautiful sentiment for kids today. Yes!
0: Your kids will watch.
4: Some of the lead-up to this is going to be in Superior Spider-Man team-up. So now, now that we've announced this, Superior team-up number 9 is going to be the lead-up to this. So make sure that you check that out because there are definitely going. To, there's, there's going to be a little bit of a time jump and you're going to want to make sure that you fill in those gaps.
0: Something's going to happen in Superior 26. And then we'll come back. I hope so. Um, later in 27. <laughs> that was the pitch. Something. Something.
2: All right. So now you, there you heard it from Dan, the man himself. Uh, the end. Issue 26 is the prelude. 27 point now, which I don't know if that's considered a point one or it's going to be just 27 that they're putting point now after. But whatever. First of five chapters. Arc is called Goblin Nation. Green Goblin Doc Ock. Just look at that cover, beautiful cover, uh, Giuseppe Camoccoli. Dan slots threatening to take down people. Dan, what are, what are you thinking about this storyline?
1: Oh my God, I'm shaking in my boots here. No, I mean I'm I'm curious if he's going to kill off some Silver Age characters. I mean, you know, when was the last time that happened?
2: Yeah, uh, well, you know, besides 700.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> the premise of this series is based on killing the Silver Age character. This is true. But uh, no, I mean, it's this,
2: you know, Dan, Dan Slott's definitely kind of pulling out this, I can get, you know, I get anyone at any time kind of mentality. I mean, as long as it fits into the story, I I can live with it. I just, you know... Dan and I were talking prior to coming on the recording. I was joking about with Harry Potter where after a while it felt like they were just killing characters to, for the sake of killing and it kind of like took the meaning and emotional weight away from it. And I just don't want to see that happen here in Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, no, me neither. But, you know, I think if you kill off a Silver Age character, I, mean, I guess the last one that died was probably Marla if you consider her Silver Age.
2: Yeah, she's kind of bronze though, I think. I mean yeah, she, yeah, she, she is she was like in the that, that Ross Andrew Len Wine era, right? I think or whatever. I mean Yeah, whatever. she's
1: bronze. What? So when is the last time we had a Silver Age death, Gwen? I mean Ugh. that stuck around. I mean
2: Yeah, that's stuck. Yeah, because I mean Harry came back.
1: And Aunt May came back. I mean maybe May. Harry is the last significant one.
2: Yeah. The one that go more than a few years. Yeah, probably Harry and Craven.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Demetrius for the win (laughs) (laughs) and Aunt May. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time going like, okay, who would he who would he kill? So, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, uh, who would be on your chopping block?
2: uh, Who would be on my chopping block? Um, No, we could always revisit Aunt May. I feel like. I feel like you can't, you, you know, after what JMD did in 400, I don't know if any writer would ever try to really approach that again.
1: Right, and after bringing her back to life with One More Day, I don't think it's going to be her. My money, if I were going to kill one person off just because it has never been done before, yeah. my money would be on Jameson.
2: Oh, wow. that would That would be hard on me.
1: Yeah, I, it would. It would. Because um, I love
2: I, Jameson. I love him, even though he's a bombastic idiot.
1: I mean, I love them all. I just, I'm thinking, like, you know, they're not going to kill Flash because he's just going through this Venom thing. They're not going to kill Mary Jane. No. You know, they're not going to. They maybe they kill Liz, uh, but uh, you know, I I don't know. Um, who knows? Who knows? Well, that's saying they kill anybody. But like, I guess maybe this is a whole separate topic, but you know the idea of killing jameson i don't think has ever been broached um, no no and um i wonder what the city would be like with a gaping hole the size of jameson and his mustache and his ego and his ego right it would be it would be a, a seismic uh destruction of new york greater than any of the events the marvel universe has seen up till now
2: right well, I mean, you know, but the, but the, but the, I guess the true thrust of what the story is going to be beyond just who might die is the fact that this is going to be a culmination of sorts. And now I know that we've heard this a lot from Marvel and from Dan and Stephen Wacker about, oh, this is this is the game changer. This is it. This is it. But uh, Comic Book Resources actually released a, an interview kind of simultaneously as this panel was going up where um, Dan talked in a little more detail about his plans and you know he he he's making this out like this is gonna be the storyline that defines him which coming from the guy who you know has asm 700 on his resume sounds pretty heavy right
1: yeah i mean he's already had some of the like biggest spider-man epics that i can think of in in years you know yeah killing peter obviously and superior but also you know spider island and end of the earth whether you liked it or not um you know he's got some pretty seismic level things going on and um the death of marla he's done a lot of things i think to shake up the book so for him to just, like label this arc as his you know one arc and be that sales you know him trying to drive up sales by saying that or not like you know um i tend to believe him especially with a title like the end which wasn't really addressed much i didn't think in you know this this panel, the fact that they titled it The End. What do you you think that still refers to, the end of Superior or the end of this brewing battle between, you know, Goblin and Spider-Man?
2: I still think it might be signaling the end of the the book. I do. He does say in
1: the interview for CBR that this is the crescendo of Superior Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, here's the next question, though. I mean, if Superior ends, does that mean we get... Peter Parker back which seems to be the obvious answer is yes but i don't know i mean like there's still this very you know i mean the the running joke during the panel was uh you know slot referring to peter being dead he's dead he's dead like anytime someone got up to ask a question during the q and a portion they would say just one question and not even knowing what the question is, Dan, would just say, he's dead. Get over it. I think there was one person who asked on the scale of Optimus Prime to Uncle Ben how dead he is. And and Slot just ignored the question. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't know who Optimus Prime is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know. Yeah, I don't know what what the Spider-Man universe is if Superior ends and there's no Peter, but you know that's not up for me to create. Obviously, it's just up to us to to wax poetic about it. But well, let's um, talk about
1: some of the other things announced. Uh, we know we learned from the interview that this is the uh, twenty seven is the first of a five chapter arc, right? Um, called Goblin Nation, obviously, um, and uh, that. After the events of 26, there's going to be a month gap. Um and you heard what Slot said, but like what does that mean? Like I I'm a little confused. Like is it a month gap in the continuity of the book or a month gap for the creators? Yeah,
2: that was unclear to me. It still is unclear to me in both in both hearing it in person and looking at it in print. It's unclear to me. Um, we haven't I, had
1: a month gap in this book. I guess the closest we've gotten to it is the gap we're at right now where it's three weeks between printings.
2: Yeah, yeah, which, uh, believe it or not, was a surprise. I was uh, at one point just kind of chatting and passing with John uh, Livesay, who does the inking on this 2099 arc, and he was kind of – he was shocked that the 19 hadn't come out yet. He was like, yeah, I don't know what's taking it so long. So I don't know if that was a, a snafu on – marvel's end because of a deadline being missed or or whatever but um but in terms of this yeah i mean do we need to i mean i guess we would just have to see what happens in these issues where would a would a month in comic book time need to pass you know what i mean i mean i know obviously the most famous passage of time in recent memory we can think of is what you're you're reading in ultimate right now right that jumped a year
1: yeah, I mean, we've had things in the past. We had the issue where Spider-Man was trapped with the um, Fantastic Four in that like alternate dimension or, or the Microverse or whatever it was. Right, And right. we came back like a you know, Jameson was the mayor, and and we missed a lot of time. And I think the Superior Era has lasted uh, you know a fair amount of time. There's a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of like um, seeming time gaps in this uh, in this era. Like he's almost done a full semester of school. You know, right. and we've only how many issues you know so uh, you know a month gap doesn't seem like that huge for this book, really, um, but I'm curious what he meant by that
2: yeah, yeah I, I mean you got me um, I've also we... thought it
1: was interesting about um, how it's a five issue arc and I'm going back to a thought that one of our uh, listeners had um, uh, you know one of one of our first uh, episodes where they were speculating that possibly it would end. At the same time as, um, like issue thirty-eight, you know the the final Ditko, and then we were talking about how maybe it would end on thirty-three, and have you know Peter Parker. My, my theory about Peter Parker lifting up the building, just like in issue thirty-three of Amazing, um, and re- coming back, and you know if it starts off at 27, at twenty-seven and it's five chapters long, you know that puts us at you know 31 being the last of the goblin nation with two two issues to 33 do you think that there's any um does this move us any closer to thinking that our theories are correct or something
2: um i mean if this is truly an end point a crescendo um i would i would think i would definitely feel the theory of it ending near 33 would make sense to me because you know, you you end this story And then maybe there's a two, three-parter Where, you know Otto is in disgrace And either needs to bring Peter back Or Peter fights his way back Or, or something I mean, this is, again, going on the assumption That the end is also meaning Peter returns Which we still don't know uh, And we probably won't know Until the moment it happens Because I'm sure that that will be safe Taken under safeguard I mean, you know During the panel at one point it sounded – you know, Wacker was talking about the fact that Slats got this thing plotted out for the next year, whatever this thing is, whether it's superior to Amazing or some other series. So, you know, hold on to your seats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the only reason I ask is because if you think about like classic storytelling structure, right, after the crescendo comes the denouement. And right. you could have a two-issue de- denouement. Um, and those of you who are fans of Breaking Bad, we kind of got that in that series – Mm. Um, and uh, you know, maybe it's two issues, and unless we forget, uh, issue 33 of Amazing Spider-Man says the final chapter on the cover. what What a poetic way to end a series, maybe, uh, by saying the final chapter. Who knows? Mm. One, one can only speculate, and that's what we're doing here, so we right, right.
2: right. but but, Dan, I think we're glossing over what the real big news of this panel was, which is the return. Of the Scarlet Spider.
1: <laughs> are you laughing at yourself or the announcement?
2: I'm, I'm both. No, I'm, I'm laughing at how I'm just trolling people. Yes. Uh, Why don't we don't we take it to the panel? Because uh, in Beyond Spider-Man, we, we heard about some other new titles. And one of them, it has some relevance to the Spider-Verse.
3: The teaser was more... And what was it all about? Why? It was about the return of the New Warriors. Justin, Speedball, Nova, Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider! Sun Girl, the team that you love, the team you thought we'd forgotten all about, I had until Sun brought it to me. (laughs) Sonny, we'll talk about this a little bit with Chris Yost and Marcos Toe. Uh, the team was doing a uh, Robin book over at DC, yeah. back when I understood those books. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. All
6: right. Um, well, the kids are back. Uh, we, have a, we have, of course, the original cast where we created a few new um, characters, okay. including uh, Sun Girl, Heishi, who is an inhuman, in, in um, the idea behind New Warriors is that we're collecting all types of superheroes of all backgrounds and all races and all colors, um, and they've they all been deemed a threat. Um, Atlanteans, deviants, clones, mutants um, have been deemed a threat by a by the high evolutionary, and, um, they must, the new, new warriors must come together, put aside their differences, and protect who they are, their identities, protect the people that they love. Um, and what's so great about this, Chris Yost and Marcus Tower are obviously the, the creative team behind it, but what I love about this story is the idea of uh, putting together a team when the Avengers exist. What is the purpose of the new warriors when you've already have the a team that has all the money and all the power and all the fame? Where do these kids fit into that world? And uh, They're just all trying to do something good and do something right and um, It's an adventure very much. It's a, it's a high stakes, high, high octane adventure, but at the same time it's also about these kids getting together and Getting to know each other and becoming friends and working together and and really exploring who they can become um, outside of the Avengers, outside of the Avengers
3: world. It's sort of got a vibe. The vibe they're going for is uh, a classic Wolfman-Perez Teen Titans and uh, the Brian Vaughn Runaways. Nice. Somewhere in the mixing those vibes together. So it's going to be really. Uh, a really interesting book, and it's a launch. I'm extremely excited about. So uh, look for that. Uh, I think that's in March. That's in February. It's not March. February also. It's
6: going to go on launch 45 minutes
2: after we start. In January. January. <laughs> so new warriors. Number one, Chris Yost is keeping keeping Cain alive, and it looks like he's uh, keeping uh, a Rastly with him, fighting the High Evolutionary yay yeah,
1: yeah that seems to be the announcement if you look at the image you i mean at least it hasn't been said but if you look at the image released and it should be down on your uh your iphone there or ipad or wherever you're listening to this on you can clearly see a Rasley's hummingbird outfit behind scarlet spider there um so I, I thought that was interesting
2: yeah i mean this i know you weren't a huge fan of scarlet spider towards the end there is this going to be on your poll list dan
1: well, I mean, I, I'm actually enjoying the end of Scarlet Spider. Me too. Enough.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: Um, I don't know how much I care about the Arasley storyline, which I imagine he's going to use this book to kind of tie up. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'll check out the reviews of it. But um, you know, if, if it's not featuring like Scarlet Spider prominently, I'm probably not going to be that interested in checking it out. I'm just not that huge a fan of the way Yost is handled – these characters and uh, and the announcement of the high evolutionary doesn't really do much for me in that he's one of the worst you know involved characters in in the clone the clone saga the 90s clone saga so that does not instill me with a lot of confidence especially since one of the recent issues of scarlet spider announced that we would get spider side 2.0 which Yay. also does not instill me with a lot of confidence are, are, you, no. are you excited about that
2: it's spider side no and and as for new warriors um you know i'll give this the the two three issue sniff tests that i usually give titles that have some connection to the spider verse so you know and sometimes this, the title surprises you like i mean like right now i'm I, you know i'm two you know after the first two issues of mighty avengers i'm into this series i think it's pretty good um I, i'm actually really enjoying it um so i'll, I'll stick with that for a little while longer compare that to uh after picking up the first two issues of morbius earlier this year and you know me wanting to tear my eyes out after reading it or the first two issues of the alpha mini which i thought were pretty bad you know so we'll see what we'll see what new warriors brings um i, I do have the reservations you have so maybe I'm just being too uh, careless with my money. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Looking at the art, like, you know, I think it looks fine. But, like, Scarlet Spider looks like he's drawn like a child. And, yeah. and that seems strange to me. And um, in the, you know, the actual you know conversation about it that CBR put up, they keep referring to the new warriors as kids. And so I'm wondering, like, Well, a a couple of them are not kids like Speedball and Scarlet Spider, namely, you know, like, are they going to be the leaders of the team? I'm not sure, but it seems kind of strange to have all these characters together. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to prejudge it and I'll check it out like you will. But um, I don't have I'm not super excited about it.
2: No, definitely not. Although this will bring us back to uh, what was it that that. The, that arc from the um, 90s sidekicks revenge with, like, wasn't there Nova and a bunch of new warrior characters in that? Yeah. I
1: want Dark Hawk Iron. in this book. Get me some
2: <laughs> more Dark <hours. laughs> And some, you know, it, it, we can get uh, Kane, maybe calling speedball speedy or something or, or, or ballsy. Maybe. I don't know. Uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but as a kid, uh, you know, Rob round Robin was one of my favorite book. One of my uh, favorite books of Spider-Man.
2: Oh goodness! I just review. I reviewed that a while ago for Gimmick or Good, and and that book does not hold up. Let I'm me show sure, you. I'm
1: sure it doesn't. But it was one of the only ones I had, and I think I just liked it for Mark Bagley's art. So I think the, the main lesson is if you put Mark Bagley on a Spider-Man book, I'll like it no matter what. There you go. There you go. Uh,
2: all right. So
3: uh, that's it for the announcements. That enough? i like six books. My like, God, how many people want? Side All right, we're going to turn it over to you and keep Q&A. We'll go back and
2: forth, and uh, we'll get through as many questions as we can. Uh, go ahead, let's start over here. Uh, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, okay. uh, I just want, on the side note, uh, one of my favorite okay.
3: issues so far... Don't tell the people leaving, but there's actually more announcements later, but I just want to go, get rid of the rest
2: of Oh, one of my favorite camera issues camera is when you brought back Spider-Man 2099. I just hate myself because I forgot it at home. But my question is, um, aside from Spider-Man 2099, are you... What other... Are you planning to maybe bring back other alternate types of Spider-Man? Or or also, do you have any specific other Marvel characters that so,
3: you would like just, to see work for Spider-Man? Dan, don't. So, don't. Don't. No. <laughs> I think... You can do what you want. She did
4: pretty good. she only just
3: start Keep reading. Aww. Dan has interest in a lot of other Spider-Man characters, including some you haven't heard of yet. Twelve, 12 months from now, the next New York Comic Convention, you'll have a lot of answers. There's stuff coming. All right, let's go over here. It'd be Hi. an extra. Nope. Uh, since this is a Spider-Man panel, I have to ask the question that everyone... He's dead. 90's. When will we see the return of Bob-Man after his amazing tie-in in Spider-Man Island? Wasn't that great with Chris Ghost? Wasn't that awesome? Um, I have to...
0: Yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see.
4: He's, he's on the list somewhere. He's on
0: the oh, list. I don't remember what number of them. I'll flip a coin. Oh, okay.
6: Thank, Thank
3: you. you. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, frog boy. Sure. All right, next. Uh, hi. I actually have two questions. Are you recording yourself asking a your question?
1: I've been, I've been recording this whole thing. I don't want to stop, you
3: know, just because. Anyway, uh,
0: first question. Are there... This scares me because when people record it, you're not like a you person, you're a future internet person because that's where it's going to go. <laughs> uh, it
1: might, I don't know. No promises. Okay. Uh, so the first question is Are there any plans to uh, bring
3: back Swarm? Oh, man. He's currently on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Waiting
1: for his contract um, to be and just to clear things up, is Swarm a Nazi made out of bees? No. Or a bunch of
0: bees. He's decided a bees. He's a Nazi made out of bees. So we we, we use him in the in the Mighty Avengers book when I was writing. Him. I love Swarm. He's got Nick
3: has an idea that Spirit for a bee made out of Nazis. That would be awesome. That he's been trying to like uh, get, get through. Yeah, I always wanted to do a story where he comes
0: back and he's making like Nazi honey. <laughs> I thought that would be awesome.
1: And uh, my honey. my second question is, on a scale from Optimus Prime to Ben, how dead is Peter? Uncle, oh, oh, Uncle
3: Ben. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> but on that scale, on the I uh, see.
0: I don't I don't I don't know Optimus from *Trench Harbor*. So okay. But,
3: are they do, doing, doing that? Oh, I'm up? Yeah. Okay, uh, four points. Uh, first, I'd like to see Spider really stepping up and, uh, with the Avengers. Okay. Two, uh, I'm wondering. Uh, I don't know what stepping up means.
6: Uh a well, dance, a dance movie. It. I think he wants a dance
3: movie. He wants a dance <laughs> movie? No. <laughs> Humberto, go. No. Uh, no. Humberto's a, an award winning great dancer. So I don't know if you know that. I can see that. Go ahead. No. Yeah, uh, I said uh I feel it's inevitable that uh, Otto will be encountering his dog dog his successor Coward Trainer.
0: Um you are going to see ties to Carolyn Trainer, because we're gonna do the, the stunner story uh, coming up, but I can't speak for Carolyn herself.
3: Okay, I heard uh there I spell uh that inevitable
1: awkward meeting that uh Carly and Mary Jane will have an Anna Maria.
0: We have, coming up in the Venom, Darkest Hours arc, a moment that I've called the most cringe-worthy moment in a Spider-Man comic. Yes, yeah,
5: this
3: is for Dan. Um, I was kind of at an idea for I got a character anyway, but me and Bryce we Sagan were talking and came up with a, a drawing for a
5: Scarlet Spider 2099. How there would, be, would ever be a scenario where the Mel yellow hair
3: would meet up, or need another Spider Man in his universe? With yellow hair, I'm like <laughs> <Damn>. Next. <laughs> um, Good idea. You don't own it, so don't even try to sue us. That's the best thing I think,
2: Question um, What's up with the Osborne baby? And uh, number two, would be Are we going to see more of the uh, iron spiders? All right, iron spider, did you say yeah.
3: Osborne baby? Yeah. Oh, oh wow, you have ESP, some of Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, saw him in we saw him in
0: hiding with Harry in uh, the danger zone aren't We haven't seen yeah. Harry Osborn since. Oh, he
4: knows you're here.
3: And the Iron Spider wouldn't be here. Um, uh, no plans right now. No, but read Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yes. Just saying, read it. It's really good. And, and, and keep Parker dead. <laughs> I, I like that. I've been hearing that
0: a lot this weekend. It's like a new thing. It used to be once Peter Parker coming back, and more people are come to me and sign and saying, just keep Parker dead.
6: Be able to make
3: people happy for uh, This is a second question. No, I'm kidding. Um, Sam, just a quick question. Um, for a reader that reads at face value, um, when you're dropping in hints as to what's happening in the future, how quickly do you do that? Uh, or how far in advance? And also um, what would you recommend? Um better way to read and, and to
0: pick up on this things. Um, I don't want you to pick up on them better, because I don't want them to surprise you when they hit you. <laughs> I don't want to go like this is the part that we seated over here that pays off over there. No. Um, I just to one it. Three, to I don't point one three, point two, really five. But I like I like planning things out further and further and further. And uh, so that way, um, back it's back harder for them to get a new writer. Back. So uh, how it's soon would you
3: get idea uh, yeah. in that case? Oh, Dan generally once a week has an idea that has nothing to do with the issue we're working on at the moment. We'll get an email about it. What if? Hey, what if we shoot him into space and it becomes a sun god or something like that? I'm like, Let's get, to, let's get through this. Um, but, you know, just from the experience of the book right now, I've been editing this book for, I don't know, 170 issues that's or something. The and there are things that Dan has set up in his very first I art that uh, still pay, pay off from time to time. So, um, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff in issues 20 and 21 that are setting stuff
0: up that are going to pay off a long ways away. You know, the, there's stuff that's it's
3: going to be. The Spider-Man books are going to feel it for some time. Oh, as I know. There's, is so, so there's no real time limit like that, but what we editorially need to do is know what our plan is. So there are things that we have locked down in the book right now that are coming out about a year. We sort of know the general direction we're headed. Inevitably, as Dan writes it, he'll find you know new curves in the story, new places to go. And That's probably true of all the writers up here. I'm sure Superior, superior Foes took a different life of his own. Uh, as you went on with it, I'm sure uh, Captain Marvel the same same one, Um, but you you sort of have a general destination in mind, usually. Cool, thank
4: you. One of the cool things about working with Dan is that he has so many ideas so much of the time that they can then come back around, like, years later, that maybe it wasn't the right time to use a certain idea when, you know, we first threw it out there at 3 o'clock in the morning in an email, but then, you know,
6: two
0: years later, we come back around to that same idea, and it's the right time for it. I sent them an idea at like four in the morning a couple of weeks ago, where it was a four in the morning idea, it's and bad. I sent it to Ellie and Steve and Tom Brevoort, and I was like, Is this? Good or stupid? Because at four in the morning, I can't no. tell. And I was like really into it. And and Steve's <laughs> answer wasn't. That's a great idea, Dad. Where's the script for the current issue? That's a great idea. And Bree Works response is that
1: is the stupidest, <laughs> stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Hello, Hit Boy. Hey, how's it going? I'm a boy I'm in Hit uh, I gotta say, um, we said Captain? again, Ramos. have so uh, yeah. yeah. uh, yeah. All right. And so my um, question it is. is, I know uh, Dan no, mentioned me earlier about um, new Goblin possibility. And, um, that's that's the, uh, the other side factor is, no, what, what happened to
0: Still. Osborne? Like, did he just fall the boat Or something? Death. We saw at the end of uh, the Danger Zone arc that his body, which was in a coma, has gone missing
3: under armed guard. That must have just happened by accident. You have no plan for that, right? We
0: have yet to see who is under the mask of who is the current Green Goblin. We have not lifted up that mask yet.
3: Is David Bowie?
6: <laughs>
0: oh, because he's the Goblin King, that's funny. Not right
6: there. Eh? My name is Dalton.
0: Wood the spirit of Spider Man use Dr. Ox tentacles? Well, he's already started, he has like the Iron Spider spider arms. I think if he used Dr. Ox tentacles, people would, he would kind of blow his cover. People would kind of figure it out. Like for a while, I wanted to give Peter a bowl cut like Otto, and Steve was like, What are you thinking? What would you know?
3: Yeah. Right. Thank you, Dalton. My question is superior garbage. I love it. I enjoy it. But are you going to keep him as a mainstream villain? What, 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 what do you mean a mainstream? He's a villain. He eats yes,
6: things but, and
3: kills people. Yes, but the thing is, is that they, you use him for brief and then he's gone. He, uh, you mean Danny. I think he needs a, a big story about Carnage? Or one of the other books. Yeah, right yeah. now, Carnage is holding his own books very well. The current series, with Kevin Shinnick and keeping Steven Seagal so we're right in that line of finding a way to make him. Uh, he's still a good villain, but he's got to be the star of the story. Um, and there is something coming up after the current Superior Carnage that may scratch your itch a little bit. Thank you. You're welcome, Flash. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey guys, uh,
5: this is a serious question, so no uh, smart aleck answers, alright? Okay? Serious question. He's dead. Very serious question. Okay. Um, To the Spider-Man people, I just want to know, uh, if Amazing Spider-Man, if kind of the motto of that book was, with great power comes great responsibility, what would you say is the motto or the banner or whatever for Superior Spider-Man now that it's... Now that's really created it, its own identity. It's great power comes great
0: responsibility, but he interprets it in a completely different right. way. In Doc Oxfine,
4: one
5: minute.
0: you oh, can that's synonymous with might makes right. Uh, power and responsibility. He Are thinks might know. makes right. If, if someone listening to Uncle Ben's speech, yeah. you're that wrong. You know, it's not what, what's his new take. With great power the first No, it's not back. It's there to bring him back here? To bring to back behind, like, those, those so it's still
3: great control power comes great responsibility. Cool. Thank you. I, I, know know, I don't I have, I have a yeah. smart out of the answer before. I can't help it. Well, yes, sir. We, speaking of the thing floating out
5: angry emails, and me being the only one in the public who likes a certain comic mentioned here, is Alpha going to come back? Superior Alpha. Big time, too. Uh, Alpha is appearing. Humberto Ramos up in here. <laughs> yeah, what?
3: Right. I love Alpha.
5: Yeah.
3: I love Alpha, too. The Alpha is appearing. Um, I forget. When Young Avengers. Young Avengers, Avengers, yes. There's an appearance for, from Alpha. Uh, no, no plans beyond that right now, but thank you for the love. That was a really fun book. It's thank you. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. First, I want to congratulate Dan on the reference to our Big Bang Theory for Spirits by the way. Was that awesome?
6: <laughs>
3: and my second question is: I don't care if Parker stays dead, but can we bring back Ben Riley? No, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> I made it my mission. I took over the books. Sixty
2: years away. Towards the end of the panel, we also got some interesting questions from fans, and um, with some interesting responses to boot. One of them, someone asked, you know, the question: What's going on with Norman Osborne? Last we saw him, he was not in a hospital bed. And Dan Slott was like, you're right. Where could Norman Osborn be? Why? I mean, you know, so that was the first teaser. Then someone asked about Harry Osborn and Harry. And, you know, again, the, the, they're they're not the Marvel people are not looking to leak anything. But, you know, read between the lines. And, you know, Slot was basically saying Harry's going to be playing a role very soon. The 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 other uh, question that got brought up that someone talked about with twenty ninety nine being successful are we going to see some alternative versions of Spider Man and you know to me that that question kind of seemed a little vague and like well what do they mean like you know are we can see Miles or or, or, or or but again it was it was met with an equally cagey answer of pay attention in six months was actually the the timeline given so uh, any thoughts on these Dan.
1: Well, I mean, I cannot even begin to unpackage the mystery behind who the Goblin is. I feel like we're going to find out and be like, oh, okay. But, like, until then, your guess is as good as mine. As anybody who's listened to this podcast knows, you know, we are throwing out some weird theories about what it could be. But the alternate versions of Spider-Man are interesting. I mean, maybe, like all of the Spider-Mans from the different universes team up to bring down Ock. I don't know. Um, I'm already nervous enough about Miles Morales coming over to the 616 universe. I don't need anybody else uh, making me more nervous about that.
2: Yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, in terms of the Goblin stuff and and Norman and Harry, um, I'm just going to be... Really crappy and just say I, I'm going to guess that they're both going to play a role in this goblin arc that's coming up. But whether either one of them is actually the goblin still I, – I, I I, feel like if that was the case, why are we still being so secretive about it? You know what I mean? Like like if, if, if after all this, the goblin is Norman, well, then what's the big deal?
1: Maybe they're trying to manufacture a surprise. Yeah, I, I
2: guess. But, like, uh, to me, like, it's, I mean, the, the assumption is if it's the Green Goblin, it's Norman. It's the, the, when, it's, when there's a surprise, it's when it's not Norman, you know? It's yeah, when I it's completely
1: so- agree with you. So, I don't know. I'm almost, like, done speculating about this because right. I feel like my guess is no better than anyone else's. Like, that's a, it, yeah. it, it could literally be anybody. Like, he could go, you know, the mask could get pulled off and it could be... I don't even know, the rocket racer under there. And I would be like, well, that's genuinely <laughs> shocking. <You> know, it's, <laughs> it's Big Wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's where he's been all this time. Wait, no, did Big go. Wheel die? I, I don't remember.
2: Well, yeah, but, you know, whoever stays dead besides Uncle Ben. Right. Um, so why don't we get out of the spider panel for a bit and, and talk about some of the comments that the uh, podcast has been receiving, Dan.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, you can email us any comments or questions you have regarding this podcast to... SuperiorSpiderTalk at gmail.com And we'll read and answer them on our show And don't forget to go to our iTunes page And leave us a review The only way we grow as a community Is through your reviews So let's get to the comments that you left us this time So who do we have first here, Mark?
2: Uh, We have a comment from uh, Baus302 And it's uh, rated Awesome, 5 out of 5 Which we appreciate And he he or she writes This podcast is amazing. Finally, other Spider-Man fans, as much as I am, that doesn't seem to mind Doc Ock as Spider-Man. This podcast should have more subs. Well, I agree with that, right, Dan?
1: Yeah, yeah. It would always be good to have more subscriptions or subs. I I mean, I could take a sub sandwich, too.
2: Uh, I would love a sub with some salami and ham and lettuce and tomato.
1: Yeah, if anybody wants to send us lunch, I think we'd be very appreciative.
2: Let me tell you, I could have used some lunch at Comic Con when I was sitting there on the floor watching Superman eat his pretzel. <laughs> uh, what about our other comment, Dan?
1: Yeah, we have a comment from, and I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, Moray Rue Sheehoen. That's Good about job. as best as I can do. And it's uh, entitled For True Spider Man Fans, Five Out of Five. And he says, or he or she says, Best podcast. I love it. Hands down, any Webhead fan has to listen. And so, of course, we thank you very much uh, for that uh, comment. It means a lot to us. So thanks for listening and for helping us spread the word about the show.
2: Excellent. Well, uh, before we, we get into our goodbyes, Dan, let's go back to the floor of Comic-Con again. And, um, you know, as kind of a special announcement, I was able to grab some audio from the, the Saturday Marvel Now in Humanity session. Uh, to hear what our friend Dan Slott's going to be working on that is not related to Spider-Man. And, you know, it, it, this seems like a project that people may not want to miss if you're a fan of Slott or a fan of Silver Age Marvel. Uh, take it away, Dan
3: Slott. Do we know what this could be? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, there's how about
0: t- now? There's a typo. How about yeah, now? The,
4: there uh, we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. To no one
3: shot. To no one stop. Can I slot my bar in? Can I, why don't you say a few words?
0: Got a guy on a board. <laughs> no, this is, this is exciting. Uh, when I was growing up, the first superhero comic I ever read was the Galactus Trilogy, my cousin lent it to me. So Surfer is like the first Marvel hero I ever met. So I've been like, when I was in college, I did my own um, superhero strip for the school paper, and it was a shameless rip off of the Silver Surfer. So I've been like dying to do this. Um, And the way it all happened was, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing this little book called (laughs) Spider-Man. And it, it comes out twice a month, and that's usually about my limit. So when we have these big meetings at the Marvel summits where we talk about what books we're gonna develop, they threw out Surfer, and I just sat there, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I can't pitch for this. I'm, I'm doing too much, and I just had to sit there when everyone else was making their Surfer pitches and just be like, you know, it'll come around again, you'll get a chance, and, and nothing really stuck and I was talking with uh, Tom after the uh, retreat and we started talking about like, how we thought the retreat went and I was like, what about those surfer pitches? And he's like, yeah, none of those were working. And he said, like, what would you do? And I went, well, I'd do this. And I, I talked to him for a little bit and he went, you know, I pulled another writer aside during the break and I said, you should pitch surfer exactly like that. And I'm like, really? And he said, what do you want to, what would you do next? And he went, this. And I was like, what if you did that? And what if you did this? And we just killed like a couple hours on the phone talking about a book we weren't working on. Was just being like fans. And there was a long pause. I'm like, Tom? And he's like, write it up. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I- I'm Spider-Man. He's like, well, make it work. Write it up. I want to edit that book. And, th- and then we started developing more and more. And, and the guys at Marvel passed it. And w- it was time to talk about, like, who's going to draw it. And we're throwing names back and forth. And, and he goes, like, I know who should draw this. I'm like, who? And he goes, Mike Allred. And the minute he said that, I was like, oh, that's perfect because this book is gonna be like the most Kirby-ish of characters, doing the most insane stuff in weird, cosmic, quirky places, and there's a girl involved. And the minute Tom said that, I was like, oh my God, she'd be like a Mike Allred girl. I love her already. Because <laughs> you, you could picture it, and it all fit. It was this magic alchemy of like, it's gotta be Allred, and he's like, well, we can't do it, he's drawing FF. And I was like,
4: why did you say that?
0: What? And I'd be writing it, and I'd be like, all the images in my head, I was writing, I wasn't writing Surfer anymore, I was writing Mike Allred Surfer. And I'd just be like, he's not gonna do it. And then he calls me up one day, he's like, we got him. I'm like, got who? He's like, Allred, I'm
4: like, oh my God! <laughs>
0: And when, when we gave uh, Mike the first plot, he read it and he was like, did you write this for me? I'm like, yes! <laughs> um, the, I think it's a, a bit of trivia, right? We might be wrong on this, but Mike Allred might be the only artist who's ever worked on Surfer who is a surfer. He's an actual surfer, so you will, it's going to look cool.
3: Um, it's
0: it's going to be a neat book. It's, I'm the, I'm Marvel's first surfing, editor in your
3: Yeah! It, and, and, and our last.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun book. Whenever you think of the Silver Surfer, you think of the lone sentinel of the skyways. He's always very lonely, all on that board, by himself. And this is a book about a girl on board. There's a new character. He's going to meet a kindred spirit who's an Earth girl. Um, and you're going to find out that the universe is more fun when you see it with someone.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, you're going to buy it.
3: So. All right. that's. I had no idea we were doing that book. <laughs>
5: so excited.
3: <laughs> do, you, do you know we're doing this book called Avengers, John? I'm not sure you know about that only, one either. It's the only book I
1: read.
2: <laughs> so there you heard it. Dan Slott, Mike Allred, Silver Surfer. It's going to be Kirby-esque. Um, you know, Dan, we, we talked about this a little bit, uh, in our last podcast when Christos Gage kind of left the cat out of the bag about Slot working on a new title. What could it be? Um, you know, I'd mentioned Surfer. You had talked about in regards to Fantastic Four, how Slot would be good on that title because he's kind of got that quirky Silver Age mindset. Well, it looks like we were both right.
1: Yeah, I think this is probably going to be a book that plays like right to what Dan Slot does best.
2: Um, I, I, I'm interested in reading this. I, I, I mean, I, I, I've liked a lot of the surfer cosmic stuff in regards to like Thanos and things like that. But I, I mean, I, I can't say that I've read that many ongoings, but I, I, again, this would definitely get a couple issues out of me.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely check it out. I mean, I like Dan Slott's writing, you know, for the most part and, um, you know, knowing his style, again, I think this plays right up his sleeve, so uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. I don't know much about Silver Surfer, but uh, I'm intrigued.
2: Excellent. Well, Dan, why don't, why don't we take the podcast home?
1: Well, remember, everybody, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at SuperiorSpiderTalk.Podomatic.com or find us on iTunes by searching for Superior Spider Talk. And if you do, please leave a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll read it on the air. If you have any opinions on these comics that we talked about today or any questions, please email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com and we'll address and read them on the air.
2: And also be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com superiorspidertalk because it's actually a great place to keep up with us in between shows as we often put up articles that we've written and other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe and also how to get in touch with Dan and I.
1: Yeah, and I just gave away two free comic book codes on there. So if you follow us on Facebook, you know, you're going to be getting some free comic books out of this.
2: It's like free comic book day every once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, Dan, where can we find more of your goodness?
1: Well, you can always find me on Twitter at at DanGavazdan. And you can read all my movie reviews and recommendations on my movie review site, grindmyreels.com and pretty soon I'll have a big announcement about where else you can find my work on the internet so keep your ears and eyes peeled for that
2: ooh, sounds very Marvel marvelesque esque in your teaser there Dan um, as, as for me, as always, you can find me multiple times during the week at www.chasingamazingblog.com. Be sure to check out my, my four days of recaps at New York Comic Con. Uh, as long as like a few other posts that will probably be coming out of my coverage of the event and, of course, other additional podcasts that will be coming from that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at chasingasmblog follow me on facebook at slash chasing amazing and um, you can find my writing in other places such as uh, my gimmick or good column at comics should be good and as of right now I, I believe I'll be part of C-Corp.org's, uh Thor week coverage I'll be doing a little something about some silver age Thor which should be a, a fun little write oh cool uh, yeah you know it's a little something different um, so check that all out as always
1: uh, before we go, Mark, uh, you know, I, I heard that we got uh, you know, a few words from a good friend of ours recently.
2: Yes, it, it's true. Um, our good friend, Uncle Ben, who, as always, reminds us, with great podcasts, must also come. Superior Spider Talk.